Welcome to the Form of Fitness Podcast, where you will learn the most that there is to learn about fitness. Through mechanism, about dieting, motion itself, and many more, you will follow me and my co-host Duncan as we talk about these things as they are related to our personal lives, as well as they are related to the health industry and how they affect us and people around us every day. We thank you for listening. going on guys welcome back to the form of fitness podcast i'm joined by duncan once again and today we're going to be talking about benchmarking uh progress checking and uh, a little bit of goal setting it's getting about that time of the year we're closing in on the end of the year and so uh it's just it's time for everyone to you know hone in and look at what they've done over the past year and see if they've hit their goals uh or if they've needed to redefine their goals um and just all, all sorts of things like that so yeah, I've decided that we're talking about this today, <laughs> yeah. um, mainly because of both like personal experience and just like stuff I've seen, especially on the Instagram. And, you know, people nowadays are starting to hit that point in the year where it's getting dark outside quickly. I don't really want to be in this college thing anymore. Like there's definitely this feeling of nothing's working out and that is bleeding into the gym you know um there were two or three posts i saw just yesterday that were all like i my progress is not showing up as much as i hoped it would or something along those lines and then they're like well but i'm gonna trudge through it anyway you know and to me part of that observation was well are you checking correctly for the progress yeah. right um and coming from a CrossFit background and we'll get into it. Like our methodology for checking is a little different and we aren't as constantly aware of our progress as other methodologies might be. Yeah. Um, because you know, when you're powerlifting or bodybuilding or something like that, you know, you know, <laughs> I did these 10, uh, dumbbell curls at 50 pounds as opposed to 45 pounds yet last yeah. week you know that progress is a lot more easy to um hone in on and check up on as opposed to like more of a crossfit style methodology yeah it's a lot more mathematical whereas since crossfit is focused on the movement in general mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to track movement sometimes or like gains in flexibility maybe yeah or gains in um because a lot of times with crossfit and i've noticed this just over the past couple of weeks of doing it is that about 30 to 40% of like your initial gains will be in technique mm -hmm. and solely technique. So like, um, in the case of my pull-ups and especially like, uh, learning how to kip, like I didn't think about it the way that they explained it yeah. as it being mostly in the shoulders as opposed to it mostly being like in the core. So you actually keep your core tight and then use your shoulders. And then that was pretty helpful. And so that movement's really easy. Um, which has also made like pull-ups a little bit easier, not exceptionally easier, but you know, I don't expect it to, especially when I'm still doing strict pull-ups. <laughs> um, but uh, just the feeling of being core, uh, core tight as well as like focusing on which different muscles to mentally isolate on. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a big technique 
gain that you're going to get at the beginning. So, and, and we also say newbie gains, like your muscle, your yeah. bodies are getting, your body's getting acclimated to exercise in general. Um, and then you're getting the technique gain. You're going to see exceptional growth right in the beginning numbers wise. Um, and that's just like in the CrossFit game, just because there's so a lot of times there's so many reps, that's really hard to see mathematically. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, maybe I did five extra pounds, but it's like, well, you did an extra 175 reps with five more pounds on it. So yeah. realistically in total motion, you did ballpark like what, almost a thousand extra pounds of total movement over the course of the uh, workout, which is like five pounds isn't a lot, but saying you did a thousand pounds of extra movement is a lot, yeah. especially over the course of a 25 minute workout. Yep. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's the angle I take at it. Um, and as far as benchmarking, when we're talking about these other things, a lot of times it's hard uh, especially so, so we've talked about mindset a pretty decent handful of times and that comes into play here because you're going to need to get used to the idea that over the course of a month you may only put on an extra five and, and ten pounds onto a max a mm-hmm. one rep max on one of your larger lifts and especially as you get farther into it not even that much I mean, yeah. you'd be lucky to put on an extra ten pounds on your max in a in a, in a month month and a half even uh you'll be looking at adding those you know one pound plates or the half pound plates Mm -hmm. because your your body is getting to its physical capacity and extent of which uh of which you can push yourself in that one direction yeah um which is why when we're talking about benchmarking a lot of times what some people do is to try a different um you know discipline uh of physical regimen uh whether it be they're a bodybuilder and they decide to make, take a three-month hiatus to do solely gymnastics movements. Uh, it increases their flexibility, stretches a lot of muscles that they don't normally use. Now, now with bodybuilders, this tends to be a little bit different. Uh, their flexibility tends to be okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's not it's not powerlifting, so that they aren't like hinging in the same exact movements every yeah. time. They tend to have a big varied amount just because their goal is muscle growth. Yeah, but and usually it's muscle growth for specifically like the type of person that they are. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times you're going to get guys focusing a lot on shoulders, a yeah. lot on shoulders, a pretty decent amount on chest, um, and then very quad dominant mm-hmm. uh, leg movements, a lot of hack squats and things like that, where when they decide to change disciplines, uh, they basically just hit their muscles in a different way, which is uh, it's a pretty big thing going through the fitness community now is just change it up like um there was a meme a couple i don't know if they're still doing it but like a couple months ago you know like shock the muscles <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and it's someone getting on like a what like a let's say an abductor machine starting to press their legs out and then they start curling <laughs> yeah. and, and that was a big meme for a long time or like uh you know you always got to be supersetting so it's guys doing yeah. leg press while doing overhead press with dumbbells <laughs> like just stupid shit but um that's CrossFit humor bleeding into <laughs> everywhere else. Yeah, um, but but yeah. it's true. Like like surprising the muscles is kind of like you shouldn't always keep the same regiment. Yeah. And when it comes back to benchmarking, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about is being able to measure growth, be satisfied with your growth, but also just not just settling on. Um, well, my growth is stagnated, and I've been keeping up with the same thing. I don't understand what's happening anymore. Yeah. Um, it's you know, maybe you need to try some different avenues, which is why fitness realistically has this aspect to it where it's an ever changing game the whole time. Um, 
the same regimen is not going to work for you for a whole year mm -hmm. unless you're okay entirely with specifically focusing on that one style of discipline. If you've got the same weekly regimen for 52 weeks straight, I guarantee you're going to get really good at that workout. You're going to get good at the pacing of it. You're going to get good at the rep totals for it. You know, every single day you're going to feel rest. I guarantee you your muscles are going to get accustomed to it. You'll feel very rested pretty much throughout the workout because it's going to go at the tempo and pace that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. unless you modify it. You know, once you start modifying it, that's where you, you got to throw yourself some challenges because, you know, you can't get better if there's no challenges, there's no obstacles, yeah. there's no hurdles, which again, benchmarking, tracking progress, that's, that's all that right there. Yeah. Um, and also kind of going back to the difference between CrossFit and a lot of these other disciplines, right? For most people, when they are thinking about tracking their progress, the only frame of reference that they have is a one rep max. Mm -hmm. um, and even a one rep max like that is so specific to the day, you know, how much sleep did you get? How, how much food did you get? Did you do carbs, you know, right before the yep. workout? Did you take any caffeine? Right. Um, how do you respond to your caffeine? Were you sick like a week before? Did you deload properly? All these different variables essentially that are all being compounded into this one rep that also like, do you handle stress? Well, Yep. right. Is there a reason for you maybe this week going into it, you know, dealing with stress improperly. Yeah. And did you also, did you jump correctly in, in terms <laughs> of weight? You know, um, I just did a competition and I failed my final lift because I jumped too much. I jumped 10 pounds instead of five pounds. Mm -hmm. um, I missed the power clean. Um, and so that part of the complex, I was done after that. Um, if I had only jumped five pounds using the like 2.5 baby plates, I probably would have done better. Yeah. Um, how much that would have affected the competition, I don't think it would have uh, based off of our standings, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. I just jumped in correctly, right? Yeah. Um, the way CrossFit kind of fixes this issue is we have, first off, our benchmarks, we have like hundreds you know, yep. um, we have a bunch of different named workouts, uh, whether it's the girls, uh, Grace, Lauren, and like all the all the others. There's a bunch, yeah. and, um, <laughs> or or the Hero Wads, which are all uh, usually memorial workouts. Yep. So the Hero Wads specifically, stuff like Murph, Chad, these are done once a year. Yep. You know, nine eleven workout, um, and so because of this. You get to see your progress year over year in these um, events. But basically, because there's so many different uh, benchmark workouts that all kind of focus in on different qualities, the odds of you seeing progress over six months as opposed to one month is very high. Um, recently, I just did the Chief Monday. And the last time I had done the Chief, I think, was like sometime this summer. And I've uh, progress two whole rounds in that workout. Um, the workouts, three power cleans, six push-ups, nine air squats, as many rounds as possible for three minutes. You then rest a minute and you do that for five rounds. Um, and I, I went up about two whole rounds. And so that was good for me. Um, obviously for me with how long and tall I am, the push-ups suck. <laughs> um, but welcome to CrossFit. They don't like tall people. Um, but that type of workout, you know, first off, it's the weight is the same. You know, it's 135 pound power clean 
for guys, and then it's body weight. So maybe your body weight fluctuates a little, but other than that, all of the requirements to do the workout are the same, which is kind of stopping some of the confounding variables from jumping in. It's also doing it over a much longer time span. And so, yes, you might be sore from a previous workout or a competition you did like two days before, but at the same time, you're not having to deal with other issues. Um, like, did you eat properly? You know, the odds of that being as big of an issue when you haven't tested in six months is lower. Yeah. And another thing that that uh, harkens back to what we were talking about before we started recording was uh, testing too frequently and benchmarking the same variable too frequently. Um, the, a lot of times with gym goers, and I mean, I'm guilty of this heavily is that it's a holdover from when you first started is always like pushing your max up. Cause the thing about it is that to fully test and engage and train effectively in the beginning, you have to benchmark relatively frequently mm -hmm. on the same variables, you know, is, has my bench gone up, you know, so you're one rep maxing, you know, every other week. I mean, not high schoolers, about <laughs> twice a week most times. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's going up both days. Yeah. Um, realistically, a lot of times, for variables that you're completely unaware of as yeah. a new gym goer, such as again, sleep, carb loading, uh, caffeine, total pre-workout, um, your form rest form, <laughs> yeah. maybe uh, actual one, muscle yeah. growth. Yeah. Uh, one day you decide to brace your core. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One day you actually decided to put your feet down on the floor and press <laughs> properly on a bench press. I mean, you know, it's just like so many variables going into it that you're just not fully aware of. Um, and as you get, you know, further down the line, and you hold over that, you're not going to see any significant change. And a lot of times you're just risking hurting yourself as well as risking overloading those muscles. So you're actually stagnating your own progress by checking too often. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, and uh, I'm reading more into the science on this, uh, in terms of like frequency of workout and how efficient it is for your body to grow. Um, is that like, you know, hitting the same, let's say push day twice a week and it being the same workout is not a good way to work out. And I mean, most people just off the top of their head know that. And I, yeah. I mean, I knew that as well, which is why mine, uh, you know, when I am going to the gym six times a week is varied. Uh, I'm probably not going to go back to that split, but when I was doing that, it was, it was varied. Um, just because a lot of times you'll target the same muscle multiple times a week. And, and the science there is changing as to how well your body can actually fully grow back from that position, you know, whether your protein synthesis is good enough to actually recover properly and, and, and all this, there's a bunch of variables there mm -hmm. that you're not fully aware of as a starting gym member. And that progress checking too often is just a holdover from when you were first starting and really just, you're not even, you're not even progress checking when you're doing that first, you're actually just kind of acquainting yourself with the, yeah. with the hobby, um, or, you know, fitness in general. Um, you know, that's like checking your mile time as a runner every day. Like, mm. like it's not as bad as checking your max on bench three times a week, but yeah. it, it, like you're going to get to the point to where you're doing an all out sprint one mile every day to try and hopefully gain some time on there is probably not the best way for you to train. Yeah. Um, and, and most people just know that off the top of their head, but well, that's important. Yeah. But that is a good point that like oftentimes when we're looking at these max out days, that's sacrificing your workout in a way, you know, you, yes, you're still getting movement in, but kind of back to like 
when you did cross country, you didn't just run a 5K and be done with yeah. it. You know, oftentimes we ran 10, 11, 12 miles, you know, yeah. <laughs> in a day. You know, our average miles during a week were like 30, 40, 50 sometimes. Um, and so like, and then if you were to, you know, do a deload week before your one rep maxes, then you're looking at it basically a whole two weeks sacrificed, you know, to seeing if you've progressed. Yeah. And if you were to try and check your rep, one rep maxes every month, then we're really only getting two weeks of effective, fully um, utilized training, Yeah, you know, out of a month. That's like half the year. You know, that's just not good numbers as opposed to let's just check once every nine weeks. You know, yeah. if, if the school has deemed that once every nine weeks is good to check for progress, then, yeah. you know, let's yeah, start there. It, yeah. And a lot of people don't consider it like the way that you consider schooling. Like it wouldn't make sense for you to have a test every day in a class. Like yeah. you don't learn when you are being tested. Now, there's a lot of people that solidify answers to questions they have during a test. And so you can gain like again talking about you're still getting that movement in but mm -hmm. it's not the same as effectively learning or doing yeah. focused learning and that's what focused training is uh you know you're focusing in on areas specifically or you're doing general movements in a volume at a weight that is effective for either your muscles to grow you to build technique quality in the skill or for you to gain um you know, protein synthesis, if you're doing it long enough or gain genuine strength in the exercise in the muscle group. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that can come out of that. I mean, we've talked about strength growth or strength improvement, really, um, muscle growth, hypertrophy, and like conditioning, like all these different things you can get out of one exercise movement based on, you know, rep total and weight quantity. Mm -hmm. And it's very, important to keep those in mind especially when you're benchmarking this frequently because and again i'm guilty of this and I'll, I'll talk about an example um i recently had a large say recently it was two months ago um had a large jump in my deadlift max uh as in like i put on an extra 50 pounds in about two and a half weeks yeah that's very irregular and i guess i did not fully acknowledge mentally that it was because of a new piece of equipment I was using. I okay. had finally gotten a belt <laughs> <laughs> that fits me yeah. and actually puts pressure points on my core to help me engage more fully, as well as my foot placement and leg drive mm -hmm. has gone up exponentially. It's also increased my squat a little bit, but um, deadlift mostly is really in the where deadlift, you see it. Yeah. Like, like you're going to uh, gain it. And I, you know, just bracing properly and all that stuff and pulling properly as well as becoming uh, more conditioned to the stress of it. Um, and then I tried to do the same thing. I think two weeks again after that was go up to that. And I got my one rep max again, but I didn't, wasn't able to push past it. And it wasn't as easy as the first time I had done it. And I just did not fully acknowledge that. I think my sleep was worse and I didn't, I don't think I properly carb loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in advance for that, which is, I mean, it's a pretty typical issue with me. I forget to, forget to <laughs> Nathan eat. Nathan, forget to eat. Um, <laughs> you know, it happens. Um, but, and, and this is just saying that everyone can be, you know, at fault in this situation. It's mm -hmm. not something that you just completely avoid in the future. You avoid it less just naturally, yeah. just cause you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not checking my max that often. I really don't need to. I probably haven't gone up. Um, and, and when you do this more often, you're able to surprise yourself uh -huh. too. 
you're you're able to surprise yourself with actual good quality improvement and be mm. proud of it. You also um, basically set into reality your time frame of growth yeah. as well. Um, when you're checking, like let's say, let's say you're checking every other week. Checking every other week is, and I'm saying checking the same thing every other week, not doing a check every other week. Yeah. If you're doing a check every other week on the same exact movement, you are not going to grow enough to actually even be happy with yourself. Um, as a beginner, I mean, in two weeks, and it, let's say you trained effectively the prior week and you slept properly and all that stuff, you could probably, as a beginner, put on 20 pounds yeah. in two weeks. And that's a big gain. You'd be happy in that. But then four, five months in, you might not see more than five pounds of gain. Mm -hmm. And then come eight months in, you're going to be doing the same weight. And sometimes you'll even, and, and once you get to a year and a half in and you're checking every other week, you might go down in pounds <laughs> yeah. just because you slept worse. I mean, it literally could yeah. be that you can't even do your one rep max because you check too often. And now you're just abysmally disappointed. Mm -hmm. You lose a lot of, like, it's not that you're losing motivation. You're getting negative motivation. So you're really putting your discipline to the test because you're sitting here thinking, you know, what the hell is the point of it anymore yeah. if I can't? If I'm not improving, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. it, and that's a good, genuine question. Why are, why are you even doing it if you're not improving? Or even maintaining, obviously, because you didn't even hit your one rep max. Yep. That's a very bad way to go about it, and it's because you didn't uh, you know, allow for the variable of situational yeah. things. Um, and you, it also doesn't make you think of one rep maxing or doing a benchmark or checking your progress as a – as as big of an event as it should yeah. be. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, competitions in the powerlifting world, you don't sign up for back-to-back -back weekends no. of powerlifting competition because, first off, you're probably not going to set any records for yourself <laughs> uh, other than at that first one, which you prepped for properly. Uh, you need a break, bro. Yeah, You need a break is really what yeah. it is. Uh, when, when you actually test yourself to the maximum of your capacity, you cannot immediately go straight back into full stride. It's, it's the... Um, you know, it's kind of like why you sprint at the end of the race. You know, yeah. you didn't sprint during the middle of the race because you wouldn't be able to return to your normal stride afterwards. You got to walk a little bit after a good sprint. Yeah, and everyone sometimes even keel over a little bit <laughs> you know, with some with yeah. something coming out of the stomach too if you're <laughs> yeah. going it hard enough. Yeah. But yeah, that that's exactly the point of it. So yeah. yeah, and there is something to be said about training for being able to handle the intensity of of low reps. You know, but that again is not the same thing as doing a one rep max. Yeah. Um, personally, I kind of like uh, what seven sets of three. I think I said that right. Yes. Um, so you know, seven sets of three reps that gets you in the twenty-one rep range, um, and doing that at a very heavy weight because you do won't experience, especially if you're new to this whole thing yeah. of doing stuff that feels extremely heavy. You know, that way when you do a one rep, it doesn't freak you out. You know, or when you're competing and you're dealing with high intensity stuff, again, it doesn't freak you out because you being able to handle intensity has to be part of what you train for. Um, and then another thing that uh, is kind of catching on in the CrossFit community, and I think other places as well are picking it up, is don't worry about percentages as much as understanding general ranges. Yep. You know, we're not robots. Um so look at something and go, okay, so that should be a heavy weight. What's heavy? Heavy is somewhere in the rep range of like five to 10. I can do this five to 10 times when clean and that's it. No more, no less. Um, medium heavy is kind of that 
10 to 20 range. You know, light is kind of, I can do 20 plus reps of this, clean, of course. Um, and then like extremely heavy, you know, that's your one to three reps, you know. And so being able to understand where you are is not only going to make you a better athlete because you can just go in with a certain amount of expectation based off of what you're trying to do, but it also allows you to give yourself some leniency within the ranges of going, okay, heavy for me for a power clean is about 185, give or take five, 10 pounds based on whether or not I've slept well or whether or not I've gotten sick, you know, during the, the worst disease time we have, you know, during yeah. winter and all this stuff. Yeah, and that put into explicit context of like powerlifting, and everyone knows this based on experiences. Like that first time you get a really heavy squat in, you know, you just pick it up off the rack. You're like, oh my god, that is so heavy. I don't want to do this. And and trust me, like that's exactly the way I felt the first time I took three fifteen off the bar. Yeah, and it's exactly the way I feel every time I push up to a new weight. It doesn't matter if it is five pounds more than my previous one rep max a month ago mm -hmm. it still feels heavy on my back and i'm like there's a lot of mental game there to just say no nah, just put it back down you can't do it yeah there's a lot of that there um and so training that is important and and training that seven sets of three um is a very common thing in the powerlifting world for strength mm -hmm. you know because you have to because in competition you only get one rep yeah you know you get you may get three rounds of it, but it's only one rep, yeah. and you've really got to get the most out of it. You have got to train to be able to endure stress and the tension and every point of it, and especially why this is important in the three-rep capacity while you're in the gym and not in competition is that there's a lot more features and functions to it at, at a meet. Like, yeah. you know, when you're doing that bench press, you've got to hold it up for a second at the top. Before you can re-rack it. Yeah. And trust me, I know that everyone's one rep max. You kind of eke it out, <laughs> eke it out, push it to the top. And then and most times you slam immediately, back. immediately get it back as quickly as possible. Yep. Um, you're, not, you're not sitting there holding it for about a half second while your judge figures out if you actually got it to the top or not. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it's like in the gym also, like having that discipline during one rep max, you know, try not to cheat yourself as much as possible. Try to make sure that you have the discipline to train to the same standards every time. Cause that also, you know, it's all about removing the, um, like constant variables, you know? So if you're squatting, you know, make sure you always squat to parallel, especially during those one rep maxes, yeah. because if you don't squat to parallel and you get a heavier weight and then the next time you do squat to parallel, because like your coach is there and then you look at your numbers and you're like, well, I went backwards. No, you didn't. The first time didn't count. Yeah. You know, um, it's like when I'm training for competition, I always assume that my judge is an asshole, yeah. <laughs> right? It's good I always, I always assume that like if I'm training a complex and we have squats in there, I assume I have to pause at the bottom. I assume that. And then if I do it in competition, like I did last Saturday and I get down to the bottom of my first squat and I pause and I go up and I go down for my second squat and I pause and I go up and he tells me I don't have to, then good. Thank God. Maybe I'll be able to do a little bit more. Yeah. But I trained so that the worst case was easy for me. Yeah, and especially when you're talking about competition in, in an athletic sense is you always train for the worst. You know, in football, you train for clean, you know, clean guarding as if you're going to have just the most nitpicky, hard-ass ref yeah. ever. 
you know, you got to act like you're always going to get called on holding everything like that. You've got to train that way. And the reason is, is that you always plan for the worst case scenario. You know, you train, um, you know, you train your bottom limit up. Uh, and what that means is, is that in the case of like lifting, you want to train as if you're, you're going to forget to sleep the night before. Yeah. You're going to train as if you forgot to, uh, load up on the proper carbs or, you know, maybe even get in your Mm pre-workout for, for some people that need it. And, and there's a lot of variables like that, that you need to treat as just, you know, all right, what is the worst case scenario in this? Okay. I forgot to take pre-workout. I was up all night. I didn't carb load. What what am I going to be looking like at competition? And now you're going to be in a lot better shape because you're not going to do all those things or at least only some of those things. (laughs) But if you trained with that in mind, you're going to be very happy with your progress. Mm -hmm. You will. You always will be. Um, As well as sometimes you're going to push a little bit harder to say, well, my situation could be worse. Mm -hmm. You know, and always that in mind. You always push farther. So Um, anything else you want to add about benchmarking? No. All right, guys. Well, I think we beat everything out of benchmarking. Actually, I want to add one more thing. Um, I want to talk about the way this looks in like gymnastics sense because it's way different Mm -hmm. or like calisthenics with calisthenics. When you're benchmarking, that means you unlocked like a new movement. Mm -hmm. And so it's very different from like what we've been talking about this whole, I I mean, sort of in CrossFit, that's the case. You you unlock, you know, your, your muscle up, you go from just just doing kit practice to kit pull-ups and then you're doing kit muscle ups and then you're, you know, doing strict strict good form hold pull-ups and then you're doing strict muscle-ups yeah all this stuff not in that order no no not in that (laughs) order but (laughs) it's going like across the board um you know gaining this skill technique and mastery over your own body and that like that on the other hand when i when i talk about benchmarking i want to talk about how that's different because you can check that mm-hmm. pretty frequently and it not be that big of a deal especially with like uh like in the case of like testing if you can do a muscle up i mean it's yeah. just hop on the bar check it and then you're done yep. because you'll know <laughs> you'll know <laughs> either you will be high or you won't be, be above the bar or you will maybe have hit your head on the bar or you did it wrong <laughs> yeah. or you're just down on the floor <laughs> weeping because your shoulder hurts because you did it wrong. Like you will know pretty quickly and it's not that big of a deal. So there's that kind of benchmarking where there's not a lot of like involved time to actually checking. Mm-hmm. Now, now if you could go very serious on those, just the way you did with the one rep max, but most times you can check those in a non-serious manner. Yeah. Whereas with deadlifting, you should never check it in a non-serious manner. You yeah. should always be very particular about checking, uh, you know, things that involve heavy weight and whatnot. So I just wanted to add that note. With that being said, I think we're all wrapped up here and we will see you guys next week. See ya. Hi guys, this is Nathan. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of Former Fitness Podcast. If you like this and are looking for more content like it, There are plenty more podcasts from our studio, Uptown Audio, at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte that you can go and listen to. Those will be linked in our link tree that will be attached in the description of this podcast wherever you're receiving it. Thank you guys so much for listening. It does truly mean a lot to us, and we hope you all have a great day.